It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. We are broadcasting live from Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida. Coming up, we'll be talking about the presidential election. Hillary Clinton signaling that she will not declare outright victory before voters cast ballots and caucus in states such as California, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, North Dakota, and South Dakota, all voting today. We've got details. And, of course, markets watching the elections very closely, Pim. We're going to follow that up with a chat with the head of investment strategy at BNY Mellon. Now, let's get back to Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York City. Charlie Pellet has a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Kathleen Hayes. Thank you, Pim Fox. Uh, NASDAQ bouncing between gains and losses. Back on the plus side, barely. It is unchanged right now. We've got the S&P up six again. There are three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 54 points, also a gain of three-tenths of one percent. The S&P, by the way, within one percent of a record, rallies in energy producers and airlines offsetting slumping health care shares. Record for the S&P. 2130 set last May, May of 2015. Right now, the S&P 500 index is at 2115. Chevron and ExxonMobil adding at least 1.6%. The Bloomberg U.S. Airlines Index heading for the biggest gain in three months after J.P. Morgan Chase said JetBlue Airways raised its domestic fares by $3 each way. JetBlue shares are up now by 3.5%. What about the broader market? Where to invest? David Joy is chief market strategist at Ameriprise Financial. He says he's steering clear of the U.K. until that Brexit vote gets sorted out. There seems to be a general consensus or complacency uh, that uh, the vote is going to be to stay. And uh, that uh, is the impression I get. I know maybe some of the options market are saying there's a little bit more concern. Uh, but we've we've uh, kind of avoided the market and, and let it sort out. I think there are enough opportunities elsewhere. Uh, you might get a nice bounce if the vote uh, is to stay. But uh, on the other hand, I think the risk is there that's sufficient enough to cause us to want to uh, more or less stay on the sideline. And gold right now down 0.1%. Now let's take a look at some of the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Eric Schatzker. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. There's new pressure on Bernie Sanders today to exit the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. According to the Associated Press, Hillary Clinton has enough delegates to win the nomination. 
Voters in six states, including California, are headed to the polls today. Clinton plans to celebrate at a victory party in Brooklyn tonight. Republican Speaker of the House Paul Ryan says just because he disagrees with comments by likely GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump, he still feels his party has more in common with Trump than with Hillary Clinton. I believe that we have more common ground on the policy issues of the day, and we have more likelihood of getting our policies enacted with him than we do with her. But I do absolutely disavow those comments. I think they're wrong. The head of the Transportation Security Administration was grilled on Capitol Hill today about the long lines of the nation's airports. Peter Neffinger told the Senate panel the agency is making progress. Nationwide over Memorial Day, 99% of passengers waited less than 30 minutes in standard security lines. 93% of passengers waited less than 15 minutes. And in, and in pre-check lines, 93% of passengers waited less than five minutes. 97 million more passengers are expected to pass through TSA screening this year compared with three years ago. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Eric Schatzker. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping stocks higher, S&P 500 index up six, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 57, also a gain of three-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. We're broadcasting live from Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando. You know, this is the uh, 18th year. It marks 18 years of Insight, 18 years committed to the success of advisors with over 2,000 financial professionals from all over the globe attending. And, of course, one of the topics of conversation is the U.S. election. And who better to tell us more than Margaret Tullev? Our White House correspondent for Bloomberg News joining us from Washington, D.C. You can follow Margaret on Twitter at Margaret Tullev and also at B Politics. All right, Margaret, tell us about Hillary Clinton and her historic moment, the first woman to earn the nomination of a major party in the United States. Uh, it will be a historic moment, and it was supposed to happen tonight, probably sometime around when the polls closed in New Jersey. But uh, the Associated Press's delegate count sort of beat her to the punch, and they uh, came out uh, a night early saying that, according to their count, she now had the numbers to cross that magic threshold, 2,383 uh, delegates, a combination of the pledge delegates and the superdelegates combined. Uh, the Clinton campaign has been really careful uh, to kind of keep that a little bit at bay, kind of pre-celebrate, but not really celebrate. Um, partly, I think they want that number to be free and clear, not just, you know, one or two over the line, but but really firmly there. But the other part of this is this complicated calculation not to offend or turn off Bernie Sanders. They're trying to keep him in the fold so that he... Uh, at, Sooner than uh, sooner than later is ready to uh, to abandon his campaign and embrace her, and he's just not there yet. Uh, and the other part of it, of course, is that she wants people in those remaining six states to turn out and vote uh, and vote for her. So, um, but it's, a, it's she's on the cusp of certainly a big historic moment, and uh, is showing signs she and her advisors both uh, of being very excited about this, but they're sort of containing it for the next few hours at least. Of course, Margaret, she is going to be the first woman in the United States to be the presidential nominee of a major U.S. political party. I'm stating the obvious. I wonder if it would be more dramatic and exciting if so many people had not assumed for some time now 
that, of course, Hillary Clinton would get the Democratic nomination. The only surprise here has been how well Bernie Sanders has done and the fact that he's holding out to try to get some of those 700 superdelegates over to his side. Yeah, it's really true. Covering President Obama in 2008, you were constantly aware of the fact that he was going to be the first African-American nominee from a major party and then the first African-American president, and yet he didn't campaign that way. Hillary Clinton has sort of fluctuated between embracing her, you know, her gender and her status as a grandmother or focusing on national security. Um, But look, it is it's absolutely it will be a history-making uh, moment, but because many people are like, yeah, she was the first lady, yeah, she was the senator, yeah, she was the secretary of state, yeah, Bill Clinton's her husband, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the sort of, you know, she is, she is in a, a way would be a groundbreaker, and in a way is represents the core of the democratic establishment, the political establishment in this country, and that has, um, that's made it kind of, uh, it sort of muddied the historical significance of the moment. Margaret, is Hillary Clinton running an establishment campaign? And the reason I put it in that context is I've been reading many articles about how the Republican potential nominee or almost nominee, Donald Trump, is running a very unconventional campaign. Well, well, certainly she's running an establishment campaign, and and Bernie Sanders has forced her to uh, prod some of her rhetoric and, and some of her policy positioning, you know, a little bit to the left of where she started, uh, talking about not just income equality, but being tough on Wall Street and, uh, you know, questioning uh, international trade deals. But when you put all of that aside, you're looking at uh, a candidate who is uh, a part of the core of the establishment and, and, a, and a staff uh, from her campaign manager to her advisors, community directors, all these sort of uh, the pollsters that are, that are all absolutely locked in the establishment and have have been working since the Bill Clinton era. Uh, some worked for Obama. Some have worked for, um, you know, uh, just a variety of establishment Democratic political candidates. They're steeped in the establishment. And part of the core of her message, even as she wants to suggest that she's open to change and flexibility, uh, is is that Obama has done a good job that she wants to continue as part of his legacy, uh, that it's great to talk about big ideas, but she really only wants to focus on what can actually get done, the sort of pragmatism and uh, success by a thousand small steps. This is part and parcel of her message and um, and absolutely represents an establishment candidacy. So, Margaret, you are so close to the people in these campaigns. Within Hillary's camp, what is the one thing her team says, if only they knew this about Hillary, if only they could see this, she'd be even that much more popular? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a couple things that they say, but one is uh, that she, one is sort of this likability aspect, which has been a challenge for her as a candidate, uh, which is like, you know, do people like her? Do they trust her? Do they enjoy listening to her speak? And uh, people who know her, not just in the campaign, but outside the campaign, say that uh, she's much more personally engaging and relaxed uh, on a personal level than she is when she's uh, on a stage giving a big pronouncement. Um, and this is something, look, she's she's been to this rodeo before. She ran for president eight years ago. She struggled then and has struggled this time to bring mm-hmm. that kind of intimate or relaxed or personal approach to bear on the campaign stage. I, okay. I she's mostly decided that to stick to the issues this time around. Margaret Tella, thank you so very much. Our White House correspondent from Bloomberg News joining us from Washington, D.C., right here on Bloomberg Radio. 
Coming up on Taking Stock, broadcasting live from Pershing's Inside 2016 Conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida, we'll be speaking with Ralph Studley. He is the head of investment strategy at BNY Mellon. What to do with your money next. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.